Welcome to the Stony Plain Alliance Church Podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together. This message is a part of our series, Cultivate, where we are asking, what things can we cultivate in our lives during this COVID-19 season? Hey everyone, it's so good to be together. We're glad that you're gathering here with us um, in this space. And we're in a series called Cultivate, and we're looking at cultivating healthy souls rather than cultivating souls that are toxic. And we think that that's really important, particularly during this time uh, of COVID-19 and social isolation and being online. It it really is easy to cultivate uh, toxic hearts, toxic souls. And so uh, today we're going to talk about cultivating the characteristic of gratitude Sometimes when you want to know what health is, you look at uh, what's not healthy. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying its power. When I look at that, I, or read that, I think, ouch, that, that is a list of garbage. And, and in amidst all of that, being ungrateful is listed right there in the middle. Uh, it really is something that is, uh, is toxic to our souls. And we see dribs and drabs of gratitude out there on the internet or out there in the world. But really what we see are abounding Uh, conspiracy theories about the coronavirus and complaints about social distancing and fear over the impact of our economy and criticism of leaders who are leading the charge. And and it it is difficult to really develop a heart of gratitude. I mean, let's be honest here for a moment. I can complain with the best of them, right? I can be a complainer. When my mind is allowed to roam free, I can become a complainer and a whiner, I think that it would be safe to say that real genuine gratitude is not flowing freely these days. And let's face it, it's hard to conjure up gratitude, especially when everything is so uncertain and tumultuous and at times bleak. The opposite of gratitude is entitlement and its fruit discontent. Entitlement is the belief that we deserve everything. And and the Bible tells us that our sin nature, our old nature, is self-centered, it's proud, it's entitled. We may do it in a very civil way these days. We we may be nice and proud at the same time, but at the end of the day, we, we want to make life about us. We want to enthrone ourselves as kings and queens of our own lives. As Mark Sayers writes, we want the kingdom without the king, or at least we want to be king in our own little kingdom. Marketers know know this and and they've developed a consumer culture that plays into our entitlement and our discontent. We get these messages every day that life is all about us and and these products that are out there are there to serve our purposes. And they say, use me and buy me and eat me and drive me and test me and put me in your hair. Everything to serve us. Someone counted that there are 430 different types of shampoos on the market that promise hair contentment. They say buy me to wash it, to condition it, to mousse it, to dry it, to curl it, to straighten it, to wax it, to make it shine, to make it grow fuller, to grow it, 
But then they pose the question, are we any more content and more grateful as a culture because we have 430 types of shampoos? And they said, probably less so. William Barclay said the strange characteristic of ingratitude that it is the most hurting of all sins because it's the blindest of all sins. Probably if you're an ungrateful person, you're not even aware of it. And it's amazing of how we can become so blind to the characteristic of ingratitude. So the question then is how do we cultivate gratitude? There are hundreds of scriptures that I could take you to, but I want to give you two short ones today. First in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, Paul simply says, be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Just let that little verse sink in for a moment. It's powerful and it's profound. And I want you to notice those three commands, be joyful, pray, and give thanks. They're, they're not options for us. They're not suggestions. They're actually commands. And, and if that's not enough, Paul says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. These are the things that you've been redeemed for and designed for in Christ. You've been built for giving thanks. God has rescued you and redeemed you and restored you from a self-centered way of living, from an entitled way of living, so that you could, your heart could be filled with gratitude and you could give thanks as a way of life. In, in Colossians, Paul talks about this theme, this theme three different times in one brief passage. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It's like he's saying, regardless of your circumstances, let gratitude permeate your meeting space. Um, rather than grumbling and complaining and whining, let the atmosphere of the church be filled with thanksgiving. Let the atmosphere of your marriages and your friendships be filled with gratitude. That, that's quite a call for us. And I think the key to gratitude is found from 1 Thessalonians in, in, the, in a little phrase, two words, in Christ. For Paul, the entirety of the Christian experience can be summed up by those two words, in Christ. Everything about our lives is found in Christ. So that means that as we think about gratitude, it's not something that we can conjure up. It's not something that we can even just choose to do if we're going to do it authentically. It, it's not something that, that, that we have to uh, contrive. Gratitude is something that we've been created in Christ Jesus to do. And thankfulness or gratitude is a sign of our spiritual health. It's a sign of our being connected to Jesus. And conversely, our discontent and our restlessness and our ingratitude and our grumbling and our complaining in our circumstances are signs that we are not yet connected well to Christ, or at least that we don't have a great sense of our connectedness to Jesus. And so gratitude, really, or ingratitude, is an opportunity for us to cultivate a relationship with Christ. If you're feeling ungrateful these days, if you've heard uh, ingratitude or uh, come, out of your, come out of your mouth, what that means is that it's an opportunity for you to draw closer to God through Christ. What that means is really that we have a, a we have some work to do in our souls. 
in order to lean into that relationship with Christ. So how do we cultivate gratitude in Christ? Let me give you a couple of ways to cultivate it. First of all, receive God's love in Christ. In order for, the, for there to be gratitude, beneficiaries have to believe that they're receiving something that they didn't earn, that they didn't merit, that they didn't deserve. If we think that we've deserved something or earned something, it just actually reinforces our entitlement. You know, if you hand me the keys to a car, or let's say a minivan, if you handed me the keys to a brand new minivan, I would, I'd jump for joy. I, I would probably want to give you a hug. I, I would be shocked. I'd be stunned. I, I'd, be, I'd be thankful. And um, however, on the other side, if I had purchased a minivan, well, I wouldn't purchase a minivan, but just, just kind of go there with me. If I purchased a brand new minivan and you handed me the keys, I, I'd probably just take them from you nonchalantly. Uh, I, I wouldn't jump for joy. I, I certainly wouldn't want to give you a hug. Uh, maybe I would drive away, and maybe I'd be tempted to think, man, I wish I was driving a BMW. Maybe. I would just sort of nonchalantly take it as something that I feel entitled to. You see, if you earn something, if you purchase something, uh, you feel entitled to it, particularly if you don't see God as the source of all things. Most world religions are based on earning something from God. Most of life is based on what we've earned and what we deserve, uh, what we have coming to us. But the scriptures talk to us about a God who has unfailing love for us, a God who has unfailing love for his people and who gives his love freely as a gift. We haven't earned, we haven't deserved the love of God. All we have to do is receive it. Brennan Manning wrote, all that is good is ours. Not by right, but by the sheer bounty of a gracious God. While there's much we may have earned, our degree, our salary, our home and a garden, a miller light and a good night's sleep, all of this is possible only because we have been given so much. Life itself, eyes to see, hands to touch, a mind to shape ideas, a heart to beat with love. We've been given God in our souls and Christ in our flesh. We have the power to believe where others deny, to hope where others despair, to love where others hurt. This and so much more is sheer gift. It's not reward for our faithfulness, our generous disposition, or our heroic life of prayer. Even our fidelity is a gift. If we but turn to God, said St. Augustine, that itself is a gift of God. Our ability to give thanks is based on our reception of God's unfailing love for us in Jesus. Paul writes to us in Ephesians, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. He's the father of our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to the high places of blessing in him. Don't you love that? The high places of blessing in Christ. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind, had settled on us as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy by his love long, long ago. He decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. See, realizing and receiving God's gracious provision for us in Jesus is the foundation of all gratitude. I know from my own experience, when I start whining or when I start complaining, when I start to grumble about what I don't have, I have lost sight of God's gracious provision for me in Jesus. The truth of the matter is that God has done so, so much for us in Jesus. 
And even if he doesn't do one more thing for us in Christ, if he does, even if he doesn't answer one more prayer, we have much to be thankful for. We would still be overwhelmed with gratitude if all we knew was the love of God for us in Jesus. Brennan Manning writes again, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and have nothing, done nothing to earn it or deserve it. We're grateful for our friends. We're grateful for our possessions, for, for bank accounts, for success that comes our way. We're grateful for jobs when, when we have them. But the absence of those things do not prevent us from, from being grateful for God's greatest gift for us in Jesus, his love poured out for us through Christ. Apprentices of Jesus, in times of plenty and in need, in freedom, in prison, in pandemic, in times of health, in times of social, social isolation, thank God for the gift of love that we have in Jesus, expressed through his sacrificial death and then his triumphant resurrection. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all that we have in Jesus. And in these days of uncertainty and social isolation, take time to turn off the TV. Take time to stop watching. Take time to get off social media. Be with God and receive his love for you in Jesus again. Remind yourself as you read through scripture that you are a loved child of God and that God has held, not held anything back from you. You don't deserve his love. You can't earn his love. He just pours it out on you in Jesus. He's lavishing his love out on you in Christ. Receive that anew and afresh and let your heart be filled with gratitude. And then secondly, gratitude flows from an awareness of God's presence in Christ. One of the things that we're promised in Christ is not just his, the outpouring of his love, but also the reality of his presence that we're with him and he's with us in everything. God is present with us continually and consistently in Christ. I want you to notice the three words in 1 Thessalonians, always and continuously and in all circumstances. And, and what you need to know is that these words cover everything, always, continuously, in all circumstances. There's never a moment in life where we can wiggle out of those. There's, there's never a moment in life when uh, we can say, well, it, you know, I'm excluded from gratitude in this particular moment, in this particular space. I don't need to be grateful. Paul is saying, you know, at all times and in all places and in all things, good, bad, and ugly, experience gratitude. And, and the reason that we can be grateful is because we're in Christ. And because we're in Christ, it means that God's present with us in all things. We, we remember that regardless of what we're going through in life, God, God is there with us. And he's for us. Jesus says to his disciples, to his apprentices, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. You can be assured of that regardless of what you're going through today. He's there with you. And I think it's in fact during the difficult times of life that we can experience his presence all the more. We become more acutely aware of his presence, even in the midst of trouble. During the good times, we sometimes tend to forget the presence of God. But it's during the difficult times when we really need to trust the promise of God that he's with us and we can experience his presence, I think, sometimes in even greater ways in the midst of trial. In Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The presence of God will help us to learn to live with gratitude in the midst of imperfection. And as we live in we, we, we live in these imperfect circumstances these days. 
And I think in the midst of these imperfect circumstances, we become aware, acutely aware of our own imperfection, and we become acutely aware of the imperfection of other people. Imperfection is actually heightened during these days. None of us would choose the stresses that we're facing. None of us would choose job loss. None of us would choose to be isolated. None of us would choose sickness. None of us would choose quarantine. None of us would choose to homeschool our kids. Oh no, wait a minute, there are a couple of you who do. But for the most part, most, young, most parents with young kids are saying, oh man, I can't wait for them to go back to school. But having said that, gratitude doesn't come from choosing to be grateful in the midst of imperfection and difficulty, but is the fruit of spiritual, the spiritual reality of God's presence in the midst of imperfection. As we train ourselves to live with this reality, our job is to place our hearts and our minds on the presence of God and then surrender our wills to Him. And then we remember to pray and thank Him. God, you're right here. And I don't have to carry the weight of this burden alone. I, I don't have to walk this journey alone. This is not my burden to carry. You're here with me in the midst of the mess. Thank you, God, that I get to be alive today. Thank you that I have air to breathe. Thank you for the relationships that I have in Christ. Thank you for the church family that I belong to. Thank you for the world. Thank you for Jesus. If I wait for the perfect self and for perfect others and for perfect circumstances before I'm grateful, I will never be grateful. I, I read that the Jewish rabbis would say one is obligated to say a benediction over evil as well as a benediction over good. And they would say this not because evil or suffering are good things, but because we're in danger of only being thankful for the good things. And because God actually can work through the bad things, through the difficult things, God only knows how those difficult things can turn out for our good. There have been difficult instances in my life where I, and I wouldn't want to go back to repeat those instances. And while I was walking through those instances, I sometimes wondered uh, why God would allow me to go through those instances. But as I look back, uh, I am thankful uh, for those difficult times in my life. And so the rabbis would say, you, you need to say a benediction over a blessing, over good and over those things that are difficult. You see, we, we can be thankful in, perfect, in imperfect situations because God is present and working through those things for our good and for his glory. We may not know what that, what that is. We may not know the result, but we know that God is good and we know that God is sovereign. And during this time of imperfection, take time to cultivate an awareness of his presence. Don't pray anything. Just sit and practice an awareness of God's presence. Take, take a walk and practice the awareness of God's presence. If you can't feel anything, just accept it by faith. And let the truth sink deeply into your heart and your mind in these days. And know that God is walking with you. Claim by faith that God is walking with you through every circumstance. Whatever it is you're facing that you find difficult in these days. Know that the presence of God is there with you. Gratitude flows out of a keen awareness 
of enjoying God's provision, his love for us in Jesus, letting it flow into our lives anew and afresh every day, and then cultivating an awareness of his presence in Christ. These are days, these days are opportun- is an opportunity for us to really enjoy Jesus, to be with Jesus, to thank him for his love and to let his love flow into our lives, to thank him for his presence and, uh, and develop a heart that is keenly aware of the presence of God in the midst of every circumstances. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we shouldn't lament our losses, but the more we enjoy Jesus and being in Jesus, the more we can cultivate gratitude, even in the midst of imperfection. So come on church, let's fill the atmosphere with gratitude. Let's enjoy God so much in this time that gratitude flows from our lips in prayer and in praise. Let our homes be filled with gratitude. Let conversations be filled with gratitude. Let marriages be filled with gratitude. Let family times be filled with gratitude. Let Zoom calls of all things be filled with gratitude. Not a forced gratitude, but a gratitude that flows from being with Jesus. Meister Eckhart, who's a Christian mystic said, if the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. If the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. I didn't understand that for the longest time. But the more I cultivate life in Jesus, the more I begin to get it. So as we close our service today, I want to ask you to cultivate gratitude in Jesus this week. Not a forced gratitude. I'm not asking you to make up a list of 50 things that you're thankful for. I'm just asking you to enjoy Jesus this week so that gratitude can begin to grow in your heart. Take time to enjoy him this week by receiving his love. Take time to be with him so that you recognize his presence in the midst of every circumstance. I find it's helpful that I, I, if I rehearse what God has done for me, if I remember what his, he's done throughout my history and I go through and rehearse and thank him for his rescue of rescuing me from my selfish way of life and redeeming me and restoring me in Christ forgiving me of my sins, giving me a new identity, pouring his love into my heart, uh, the family that he's given me, the relationships he's given me, the church family that he's given me, the opportunities he's presented to me throughout my life. I oftentimes just go back and rehearse those things, and that helps me to remember his personal love for me. And then oftentimes we'll just uh, sit still or go for a walk to remember the presence of God in my life. And then take time. Secondly, take time to bless God by giving thanks to him. Thank him in prayer for his provision of love and his presence in the midst of the imperfect. Breathe out prayers of thanks to God. And then thirdly, record your words of gratitude on your phone and send it to us. I know that sounds strange, but we'd like to use it as a way to give thanks together as a community. The psalmist writes, I'll give you thanks in the great assembly among the throngs. I'll praise you. And we'd like to put together a a litany of thanksgiving to share. We'd like to fill the atmosphere with thanksgiving. And so we would love it if you would uh, record 15 seconds or 20 seconds of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for just finish that sentence and send it in to us at matt.spackonline.com. We would love to use it uh, in our service to fill the atmosphere, to fill our meeting space with thanksgiving to God. That's what we're called to do as a church, that we've been built to do that as a church, and we'd love you to be part of that. I want you to take a moment to watch the Hall family do this, and then I'm going to pray for us. Here they are.
<laughs> During this time of lockdown, there's been many blessings. I've been particularly blessed to reconnect with old friends and even make some new ones. I'm thankful for spring. I'm thankful for bed and church. I'm thankful that Jesus loves us. I'm thankful for school. I'm thankful for the baking that people have dropped off. I'm thankful for SPAC Youth. I'm thankful that our dad's recent CT scan showed, up, uh, showed no more cancer. I'm thankful for spending more time with my family. I'm thankful for toilet paper. I'm thankful because there isn't a shortage of ketchup. <laughs> I'm not as adventurous as Gideon, but thanks for inspiring me, Gideon. So as we close our service today, I'd just like to pray for us, and then I'm going to turn it over to Linda to wrap it up. So God, we give you thanks. That's what we're here to do. We thank you in every circumstance that we're facing today. There are some difficult circumstances. We recognize them. We recognize the losses that many are facing. But at the same time as we're in Jesus, we thank you for forgiveness for sin. We thank you for new life in Christ. We thank you for purpose in the midst of this time. We thank you for the relationships that we have in Christ. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for family, for life, for air to breathe. We thank you for friendships, for food, for water, for your presence in all things. We thank you, God, there is so much to give thanks for. And we can do that because we're found to be in Christ. And we pray in his name. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at spaconline.com. Grace and peace.